Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us. What is it? <laughs> that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or they're best, best left in the past. past. Yeah. I'm Tristan. Tristan. I'm Greg. You're Greg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this is May Madness. Madness, madness, madness. May Madness. Yeah, there you go. How exciting. Oh. Now, it's technically April, but... <laughs> But, but you know, I looked at the calendar, and there are five Mondays in May. Where did you extra Mondays? We're, May? We're, and we're doing April. Yeah, whatever. It's five movies. What do you want? Big ones. Big ones. Mm. They don't get much bigger than this, do they, Greg? Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Seymour is um a little feisty right now because he just slept through our other recording, which is next week's episode, because we like to bend time in mysterious ways. Mm. Mm. And now he's just full like of, James Cameron. He's full of beans. This this kid, this dog. He's just had a nap. He's just he's had a nap. Amped. He's now eating his dog bed and throwing it around town. He's creating quite a scene. He's like a rock star. Anyway, we're doing a big movie this week. Big motherfucking movie. Terminator Two. That's the second. The nineteen hundred and nineties. Nineteen hundred ninety one to be precise. What an iconic <laughs> movie. Big year. <laughs> a lot of things happened in ninety one, didn't they, Greg? They sure did. 91 was the year before the Barcelona Olympics. It was? It was. Now, to throw back to the era, era, uh, yeah. era I'm going uh, to talk something that is intrinsically linked to this song, but go a little bit deeper on it. Okay. Thanks this song. <laughs> I gave it away with my slip up there. <laughs> oh. I'm talking about a song from the film. I'm talking about You Could Be Mine. I'm talking about usual illusion. I'm talking about gonna hugs. Yeah. Are they in this movie? What? The song at the beginning. I didn't register you, for You me. could be mine. The kids are playing it on their stereo boombox when they're getting chased. Isn't that funny? It never registered with me. Wow. That's funny, isn't wow. it? Wow. 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 Gunners, Guns and Roses. Mm. Um, you're obviously not much of a Gunners fan, Tristan. Is that a fair assumption? Uh, I like singing it. Yeah, like two of their songs. I'm yeah. not. I haven't gone deep. No. Uh, okay. Well, in 1991, Gunners released two albums: Usual Illusion One and Two. It's a bit of a turn. You know, I think songs like November Rain are a little yeah. bit different to the heavier stuff that was on Appetite for Destruction and then whatever their second album was. Yeah. So famously or infamously. Mm. On the album cover, it says F.U. St. Louis. Now, what's the context there? Well, Tristan, glad you asked. It stands for fuck you. Yeah, it does. Oh. Um, more, there's more. So Axel, there was a concert, they held a concert mm. uh, in St. Louis, mm. uh, at a place called Riverport, and there was a riot because someone was taking photos in the crowd and Axel Rose was doing his thing. Yeah. Mm. And uh, he was telling this person to stop taking photos because you weren't allowed to take photos apparently. Yeah, right. Like, good luck with that now. Yeah. So he's getting the shits at this guy who repeatedly won't stop and he's like, take it off him, take it off him. And then no, like the guy's in a mosh pit yeah. effectively. So Axel Rose just jumps down there and tries to rip it off him. Get People start getting to shovey, shovey, you know, I think. Or Does the help. band keep playing? No, I think for a little bit and then yeah. and then they walk off. Well... Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home. And people wow. are like, you can't do that. Like, yeah. So people started rioting and there was a full-blown riot. Whoa. And Axel got, uh, he, well, they were touring, so they were like bailed. And so there was a warrant for his arrest, but he's like in, now he's in Tokyo. There's a warrant for his arrest. Geneva. Oh, because of, uh, he incited the, the riot. Yeah, right. So they were banned from St. Louis until wow. 2017 when they performed their, you know, their... Back in St. Louis album. Oh, yeah, it must have been. And apparently one of these other band members cracked the shits because there was another incident a few years earlier at Donington Festival, which I think is like a heavy metal rock festival yeah. in England or something. Yeah. I'm not 100% on the detail there. Uh, where where he, something similar happened and two people died. Right. In the, in the crowd. So Because there was, um, yeah, it might have been the Rolling Stones. I thought for a second I was getting my stories, my wires of the stories crossed. 
uh, I think it was a Rolling Stones concert where they had the Hells Angels as security or something. All right. And it didn't get there was some massive issues there. Unrelated? Unrelated. Uh, None of this stuff happens at Beatles concerts. Oh, you just get yeah. some crying women. Um, anyway, 91 was a big year for the Gunners. Yeah. Big year for the Gunners. Two albums released at the same time. Was it a double album? I can't remember. I had both. Yeah. Got Were there two concepts? Like was one like heavier and one was like cooler? Because uh, Nelly had sweat and suit. Uh, but Nelly was so to make you sweat. he's avant-garde. <laughs> he really is. Uh, he's a lot more progressive. These guys just had a mix of songs. <laughs> uh, but there's some good stuff in there. Some of their big songs are on there. Yeah, you right. know a lot of them. I know some of them. Knock on Evans Door cover. Knock November on Rain's on in there. Down. Civil War. Wow. You Could Be Mine, which... You've missed from this film. Look at your game, girl. Is that on there? I think that's sweat. Yeah. Anyway. You know, look at your game, girl? No, I don't. Charles Manson's song. Oh. Because Charles Manson was friends with the Beach Boys and shit and he wrote this song and it's pretty good called Look at Your Game Girl and it's a hidden track on one of of their albums. Oh. Yeah. Look at your game, girl. Look at your game, girl. Interesting. Not from 91. Apparently not. Well, I thought it might have been that one, but apparently not. No. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, a big year for uh, for St. Louis. Uh-huh. Big year for Guns N' Roses and uh, cameras and you know, yeah. crowds. Yeah, and, violence. And wouldn't you know it, big year for movies. The number one movie in the world mm-hmm. was a sequel, can you believe it? Uh, this movie. Yeah, this one, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. T2. Number one in the world. That means it beat Beauty and the Beast. It beat Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It beat Hook. It beat Silence of the Lambs. It beat I James hate, Tang. I hate, I hate T2. Peter and Peter Pan. The Silence of the Lambs, JFK, The Adams Family, Cape Fear, which was nearly on the list a second ago, wasn't it? Um, Hot Shots, Sleeping with the Enemy, City Slickers, The Last Boy Scout, Big Year, Double Impact for fuck's sake. <laughs> Keep going. Point Break. Backdraft, Father of the Bride. A massive year for movie. Yeah. Uh, we're in the golden era. We're in the golden era of movies. In terms of the era that we cover on this particular this podcast, is, uh, yeah, this right. is the sweet spot, isn't it? And the, the cherry on top of all of that, the one that beat all of those, the, the, the top of the hill, the king of the heap, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Came out in July of 1991, budget of around $100 million, which was unprecedented, it seems. That's like made-up Monopoly money numbers. That's crazy. $100 million. Small budget movie these days, I suppose. Yep. You couldn't get half of Marvel. You couldn't couldn't make a a bloody Gerard Butler film for less than a (laughs) hundy. You probably could. (laughs) I hope so. Buy me a beer, I'll do it. Um, gross of $520.9 million. Wow. We're talking big money here, guys. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. That's half a billion for those playing along at home. Slightly more even. It's tipping over. It's just tipping. You're right, it's tipped over. Run Tomatoes. Critics give it a score of 93%. Audience, 94%. For once, we're seeing eye to eye. It's a blockbuster. Oh, it's a blockbuster in anyone's language. And uh, critical consensus here is T2 features thrilling action sequences and eye-popping visual effects, but what takes this sci-fi action landmark to the next level is the depth of the human and cyborg characters. Oh, let's mm. see what they did there. Very, very clever. Was this a big movie for you, Greg? Uh, yeah. Me too. I kind of lost my R-rated rental virginity to this film. This was the yeah, first it must have been close. film that my mum let me, she sanctioned me renting this. Yeah, right. We went, I was at Video Manor with Nemanja yeah. on uh, Victoria Road, you know. Yeah. Is that the purple Ranch. one? Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, a purple yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Indy, in Indy. And uh, we're like, oh, that's Terminator 2. That's, uh, she was like, go for it, champ. Whoa. And we so we got it. And then did you also try and get good cop, bad cop just to see if you can push the envelope? 
Always. <laughs> Always. Did I ever tell you, I've probably told this story before. So Nemanja and I, he's like my John O. Yeah. Um, and we used to, there's this guy there at the local video shop, uh, Ron. Yeah. And we used to get home renting, you know, Mighty Ducks 2 again or whatever. And we often would hope that Ron accidentally put a porno in instead of the film. <laughs> was that on the cards that it could happen? No. No, <laughs> it wasn't on the cards. Of course not. It was just two horny pre-teens I or mean, teens. The crazy thing is years later, decades later at Ding Dong Dang, they accidentally put the porn setting on That was the- an accident. That, they did that intentionally. Did they? Yeah, because when I went out to get more beers, yeah. they were like, close the door, close the door, gotta keep it shut. So apparently, context here, guys, is Sorry, yeah. <laughs> you know we you know we're karaoke men. We enjoy karaoke. I wasn't there on this particular uh, instance. It's Colsey and Jaso. Uh, okay, it was Colsey and Jaso and Grego over there. Yeah, and um, they were doing the karaoke's, and you know you got the classic video clips of people walking along beaches and crossfades and things. It was porn. It was soft porn. Soft porn with the lyric, lyrics over the top. Beautiful women <laughs> in waterfalls. Did it influence your song choices? No. No. But I took a few photos because I was like, this is too wild. <laughs> like, we weren't singing. <laughs> <laughs> we song just, choices? We turned the mics off. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that never happened. We never. They never accidentally put a porno in. And That's a shame. But we literally would open it at home going. <gasps> anyway, I digress. It's so funny that. It's the kind of thing as a kid that the other kid just would have put in the other kid's oh, head and it just we, becomes like. We thought it was a thing. It could happen. Uh, it's the movie we chose. More likely is watching the late night SBS movie and just waiting. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's, just maybe. Yeah, definitely. Maybe tonight's the night. Always. <laughs> Wednesday's 10.30. Yeah. The weather woman returns. Uh, um, yeah, it was big. Huge. Yeah. And you? Very big, very similar story. I wasn't yep. allowed to rent this myself. In fact, this is probably the epitome of a Jono's House movie. This and Bloodsport, they're the two big ones. Mm. And I remember this is one of those ones where I actually remember watching it on his couch with Jono, I think his dad too. Yeah. And I think he'd recorded it from TV. I think Jono had already seen it because he was explaining some of the things to me and maybe yeah. I missed the beginning or something. He was something. explaining how liquid metal works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then we'd play Terminator and it's like, no, you can't kill me because I'm liquid metal. The only way you can kill me is this. That's unfair. Anyway, we, we love this shit. But mm. in terms of watching the movie, I remember sitting there on the VCR. I was sitting on the couch, but the VCR was over there. It was also there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And playing on the VCR was a videotape of this movie that was taped from the television because it had the things as you led into the ad break where it would be like the with the title card each time. Oh, that's nice. So I remember, I remember that. Channel 10? Yeah, and something like that. And then we'd have to fast forward through the ads, but the remote was connected to the VCR. Oh. It was like a cabled remote. That's dog shit. <laughs> well, it was, Even for, it was early 90s, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Um, but they had, I mean, I didn't have a remote on my VCR. I had to go sit up there. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> I think remote VCRs, that was the early days. Yeah, um, maybe. So it was a momentous occasion. Yeah. And it was, I remember, yeah. I, I feel like it was, one of those movies where part of it was like, I shouldn't be watching this. This mm. is, whoa. And it was quite a special thing, wasn't it? Because of yeah. the special effects and that kind of shit. You just haven't seen anything like that before. It was big, man. It was mind-blowing stuff. Yeah. And like I said, we would then play Terminators as like dumb kids playing mm. games. Jono had like a toy shotgun with the same like lever action oh, thing. Really? That's cool. And so we're trying to do the flippity floppity thing. Still don't know how that works. It doesn't, yeah, because we were trying to figure out how that would actually, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure someone can do it in America. In fact, Jono lent me his rocket launcher for when I played a Nazi in um, in uh, The Sound of Music in year three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I didn't know what a Nazi was, by the way. I think they just told me, you're a police officer. Buongiorno. And then <laughs> they were like, you can bring your own toy gun. <laughs> I didn't realize how hilarious it was at the time. This little kid with a rocket launcher playing a Nazi. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Teacher, <laughs> teachers just going, what is my life? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Anyway, big fucking movie for Massive. me. Massive, yeah. Um, Good. And we just watched the hell out of it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like I said when we did Terminator 1, I think similar for you, like I didn't, I saw this one first for sure. Yeah. It was probably my first Arnie movie. Yeah, it must have been because right. they were all R-rated, right? Yeah. Um, it so wasn't definitely wasn't my first Arnie movie. Oh, it wasn't. Nah, like oh. it was the first one I was allowed to rent. Oh, okay. Not the first R movie. I, saw. I think based on my age, it probably was my first yeah, Arnie. Yeah, they, I cannot confirm that, but ballpark feels right. Hey, if no, if you can't, no one can. So <laughs> whatever. Yeah, mind blowing stuff. I guess net net. Watched it a lot. Haven't watched it a lot since though. 
Yeah. One of those movies I watched the hell out of as a kid and almost because of that I'm like haven't been drawn to rewatch so much. Yep. Because I just feel like, yeah, that's, that's well-trodden territory. We're yeah. in the same boat here. Yeah, so it's, it was an interesting one to have in the chamber yeah. in the pod because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been a long time. I've been, I've been looking forward to doing this since we started yeah. the pod. It's one of those ones that's so iconic as well. It's like, oh, you kind of got to save it, right? It's yeah. fucking Terminator 2. Yes, we've got to save it for May Madness. Judgment Mad- Day. May Madness. Yeah, May Madness. I mean, it comes but once a year. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I've, I think I'm pretty sure I've seen this movie more than any other movie. I think. It's got to be up there. This and Ace Ventura. I've seen Lebowski a lot because I watch that at uni every day. But um, Lebowski, yeah, probably Lebowski, Zoolander, Eddie Murphy, Raw, Fight Club, this, Ace Ventura. They're probably like the ones that I would Indiana in Jones. different eras of my life. Indiana, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. <laughs> Temple of Pain. <laughs> Erotic Ghost Story. <laughs> what? That's an SPS one. It sounds like it. Mm. Excellent. <laughs> Should I get into the origin story? Yeah, get right into it. Origin story. Just to manage expectations here, Greg, you've got to keep in mind this is a sequel. So we've we've covered the origin of the Terminator and the, the fever dream that James Cameron had back over when he was working on Piranha Part 2. It inspired, <laughs> the, it, it inspired the whole thing, right? And, you know, we talked about how originally... It was more of a Lance Henriksen type. They wanted as the Terminator, someone that could fit in and be less obvious. Mm. But instead it became the Arnold and yeah. history was made. He turned that weakness to an advantage. He turned that weakness to an advantage. Who's going to hire this large robotic man? Oh, someone that's looking for a large robotic man. It makes sense. <laughs> history was made. The movie was big but not, not T2 big, not Batman big. It was big. Yeah. But over time it grew in the meantime, it these was, stars were rising. Yeah. Um, James Cameron would go on to make Aliens. Oh. Arnold would go on to make Predator, uh, Total Recall, uh, Commando. Busy man. He's a busy man. And it's an interesting one because it's, I find it hard to pinpoint where the tipping point was into superstardom. Because there's also this, this catch-22 of it for me because my entry point was this movie. So that's he's it, just that's always, really interesting. I hadn't yeah. realised that. Well, Because if you look before, it must be Predator. Well, we can talk more about it later. But yeah. um, sequel was always on the cards, especially yeah. if you ask Arnold. Arnold was always a very strong force in trying to get the sequel made. I've said to Jim Cameron, I said, you know, we should have an ongoing story because we're dealing here with such an interesting subject. And I can't remember if we covered this before, but apparently the idea for a liquid metal guy was also in the T1 script originally. But the technology wasn't there. But it was always in the back of his mind as an idea for a potential sequel. But the technology wasn't there. So it was, that's why it took so long because you forget there's a massive oh, gap. What is the gap? Two. Seven years, I think. Seven that years. That is a long gap. It's a long gap. So he was waiting for the technology to catch up. And one of the movies he made in the meantime was The Abyss, which it's got like the watery things going on there, a bit like liquid metal. Yeah, I can't remember. The, I read that, but I can't. I haven't seen it. Yeah. But apparently that was enough for him to go, oh, we can do this liquid metal shit now. Let's like, let's green light this shit. There was another barrier in some legal rights issues thing, but Arnold sorted that out with one of his guys to buy the rights. That Mario Casa guy who was involved with Total Recall as well. Um, can't remember him. Yeah, I remember the name. It seemed like, I think it was an interesting fellow, but I can't remember. Behind but the scenes. Behind the chat. scenes guy. He bought up the rights. They locked it in and it was, it was good to go. Um, but it's interesting because you're also seeing here this, Versus Terminator 1, this is Arnold calling the shots. And he did a similar thing for Total Recall. He was the one that got Verhoeven involved. Like he's, he's a bit of a creative force behind this movie, a little bit. Which I think goes away to explain why he's suddenly the good guy, more likable and that kind of thing in this yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, Cameron's ready, Arnold's ready, Hamilton's ready. Um, we don't get the, the rich precasties here so much because it's a it, sequel. They're the same guys. Yeah. But Furlong. Yep. He was fresh. He was, they discovered him. Where'd they discover him? They discovered him at a youth centre or something like that. <laughs> was, he, was he rescuing the youth centre with some breakdancing perchance? <laughs> breakdancing and like skiing and shit. Um, the casting director, Mally Fing, she found him and was like, hey, this kid's got something. I remember that Jim said to me very early on, John Connor is an extremely important role. 
and I have got to have a young actor who is a professional who will hit his marks. I cannot be working with a new kid. I can't do it. And one of the problems was is that this is this is supposed to be a streetwise kid and a kid who was a bit tough. And we saw all of these professional kids who couldn't have any toughness. And when they tried to act angry or tough, it just looked ridiculous. It didn't look real. It didn't look believable. And then we decided we would start looking, in addition to theaters, at some kinds of um, uh, organizations like boys and girls clubs. And it was at that point that um, we contacted the boys club in Pasadena. And then I started walking around and there was a kid leaning up against the, uh, the wall by the pool. This woman started staring at me and um, she, and I thought she was so weird because she just stared at me and smiled at me and I'm just like, yeah. And I walked over to him and he was snarling at me. And I said, you want to audition for a movie? A couple days later we get a call, remember that woman you talked to in the Pasadena Boys Club? And I'm like, yeah. And then she's... Well, that's the casting director for Terminator 2. They want you to go up for the part of John Connor. And I'm just like, yeah. That's wild. So crazy, man. That's the kind of shit you dream of as a kid. Oh, right? man. That's such a cool story. It's like when they're looking for Fallout Boy. When are they looking for Dad Bod Bald Guy? <laughs> I got it, this. <laughs> I've been drinking for years. Oh, man. That's so, so cool. Apparently I had no intention of ever becoming an actor. Did you have hair like that? Uh, sort of, yeah. yeah nice. It was a bit curlier. Not, not full curl then, but. Just saying, yeah, just saying that clip reminded me that that was like the hair. Yeah, it was. And I had curly hair, so it wasn't an option for me. Mine was more of an undercut, but same kind of deal. He was so cute. Uh, and then, of course, you've got Robert Patrick, who was chosen, you know, in contrast to the giant Arnold. The Arnold's the tank and he's the Porsche was the analogy that they kind of go for and it was more in line with that original vision of Terminator yep. being more less obvious <laughs> someone that could just fit in and yeah. not be immediately identified as a large robot <laughs> mm. with a with an Austrian accent <laughs> yeah, exactly which makes sense if you think about it and yep. you know they get these people uh, they they make them turn into liquid metal and all that kind of thing they get uh, Linda Hamilton's sister involved at certain points and um, <laughs> they uh they make a, they make a movie, Bish Bash Bosh, Rap Party, The Viper Room. Ah, I reckon Furlong would still would have been there. He's still there. They say if you if you walk the halls at night, if you go there, <laughs> you'll see him. You'll see him. Um, let's play the trailer. Yeah. Same make. These were taken at the West Highland Police Station, 1984. You were there. Same model. These were taken today. You have to let me see my son. He's in great danger. New mission. Once, he was programmed to destroy the future. You don't know what it's like to try to kill one of these things. Now, his mission... Get down! ...is to protect it. Come with me if you want to live. You're really real. His loyalty is to a child. Who sent you? You did. 35 years from now. And his enemy... He's a Terminator like you, right? Not like me. ...is the deadliest machine ever built. Can it be destroyed? Unknown. This time, there are two. Terminator 2. You just can't go around killing people. Why? If you thought you had seen it all... Look again. Stay down! Go! Now! Schwarzenegger. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. This time he's back. For good. Trust me. 
What a fucking trailer. Tell you what, if if your job is to if you're a trailer maker, yeah. you got an easy it's a bit of a bit some, of a gimme. Some movies you like, oh you know, you watch the movie and you realize all the best stuff's in the trailer. This one it's a lot of any it. any of the stuff. Yeah, it's all best stuff. It's all best stuff. It's all the best. Best of the best. Best of the best of the best, sir. What happens in this movie, Greg? So in Bowfinger, we explored alien love. Oh, alien love. Alien love. But in T2, we explore machine love. Mm. Much like Big Hero 6. Have you seen Big Hero 6? That's a good movie. A boy falls in love with his machine who fills the void of his father or older brother. Mm. We're reintroduced to the Terminator universe. The Termies have returned. This time, <laughs> the Termie has returned. Ah. This time as a goodie. Yeah. This time to protect John Connor, mm. the baby in the tummy in the first one. He's growing up into a troubled youth. Yeah. He's stealing dollary dues from ATMs, $300 to be precise. I, you know, you gotta, you don't want to leave too much of a, you got to stay under the radar. If you've got a machine like that. What do people do when they're taking out $300 for their ATM, Tristan? Oh, are you suggesting cocaines? Yeah. And arcade games? Yeah, canes and cades. <laughs> He's living with his mediocre foster parents. His mum's upstate at an institution. And he's got two termies after him. Two termies. <laughs> Turns out one's there to protect him and the other one's there to terminate. Yeah. So he busts his mum out with Big Hero 6 and then they basically try and run away from the other termie who's made out of liquid metal yeah. and can turn into different things. <laughs> All whilst trying to prevent Skynet from ever making the robots in the first place. That's kind of the film, man. It is. Good movie. Love story between John and Big Hero 6. Yeah. And now know why you humans cry. Hi. But it is something I would never do. The pool ground. <laughs> Apparently there's, so in the director's cut, there's a few different scenes. And there's is one. There? And I was reading up on it and by the sounds of it, I have seen it at some point because these sound familiar. Yeah, but yeah. one of them was um, they reset his chip, which allows him to think for himself at some Ooh, point. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. yeah. There's another one where like it's showing that the T1000, because it's supposed to be a prototype, it's a prototype, mm. that it is starting to like deteriorate a bit. and like That's cool. So like, it's starting to malfunction. I like that. And I've seen that somewhere. I've seen it before. So I must have seen director's cut at some point over the years. And there's more, which I'll get into, which is a whole other topic that I'll save for later. Let's talk about initial thoughts first. Greg, how was the rewatch? Is fun times? It was. So, I mean- Carol Coe comes up on screen, you know you're in it's for It's a good it. sign. It's a good sign. There's yeah. a good chance you're going to enjoy yourself. Yeah. Uh, I've written here, it was excellent. Yeah. This is an action film. This is the definitive action film. For me, for sure. For I you, think it, for sure. I think just. For most. I think for sure. For sure. We can, we can talk more about that in our conclusion, I think, because let's go through some of the things here. Carol Coe, that's my first note too, Carol Coe Dane. <laughs> Introducing Edward Furlong, that's uh, crazy. I did notice Arnie isn't quite as big. Uh-huh, that's a, that's that's uh, kind of my, one of my points here is that Arnie's just part of it. Oh, I meant physically. Oh, I thought you meant like, okay, we're on two different tangents here. <laughs> but that that's interesting too. Uh, I meant physically because, you know, the first thing he shows up naked. He's, oh, he's obviously a big guy but he's more of a, Kumal Nanjiani than a Mr. Universe. Maybe he was in T1 the same, I don't know, but maybe I've been watching too much. My wallpaper is a Mr. Limperia thing on, <laughs> yeah. my, on, my, on my computer. I thought he looked pretty big. He's not small, mm. but he ain't as big. Mm. I think he's like, uh, I can't remember, I saw an interview he was talking about, I think Mr. Limperia was like 260 pounds or something. Yeah. I think this is like 220 or something. Okay. But yeah, it's interesting. Like yeah. those, those Marvel boys are starting to catch up to like, not quite, but Kumail is pretty fucking massive. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he's on his new cycle now, I think. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting having done T1 more recently. Uh, like we both said, not one we watched as much as a kid. Definitely not. Barely watched. But haven't watched this for a long time and we did cover T1 previously. So with that being more fresh in the mind, some of this does hit a bit different. Like mm. you realise that from the outset it's like – a different type of movie, like yeah, the first scene. That's the needle drop. I think it's 
Is it bad to the bone or something? Yeah. It's fun. Like it's, it's fun, yeah. Yeah, so it's like the, the first one, as we've discussed, is, is is more of a slasher film with a robot in it. Yeah. And this is suddenly like, are we having fun here? We're having fun here. We're having fun here. This is Strap in. There's going to be a range of genres. This is something different. Yeah. This is something different. Mm-hmm. And overall, I think I'm okay with those changes, but some of them are a bit jarring at first because I was like, oh, is this too much fun? Oh, okay. Yeah, it was okay. interesting. It was That's- interesting. You, but you, it works both ways too because other things work better because then you, you're more understanding of Sarah Connor's messed upness. A hundred percent. When she's so terrified when Arnie first shows up, I didn't know why when I was a kid. <laughs> like, yeah. But of course now having just watched T1, of course, man. Yeah. She's yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. I, had, I had the same note. Yeah. That's And that was kind of, for me, that was one of the main kind of differences this time yeah. around was I was more invested in her. And yeah. Whereas... So I'd probably swap her and and Arnie as kind of like the pivotal people in the film for Well, me. this is the thing that I think that I think they tried to course correct with Dark Fate, but I think it should the Terminator franchise should be a Sarah Connor story. Mm, mm. And I think that's where the, all those other ones started to I don't think Dark Fate's very good either, but it's like too little too late. But the <laughs> That's the fact savage. That, <laughs> too little, too late. No, but it is. Yeah, it's, no, not it's, a, good. it's good. It's I not just, a good movie. It's, I just, it, was, it was good. Um, but the uh, the fact that if you think of her as being the main character, the movies get better. There was a YouTube video mm. recently by someone who I can't remember. But it was I can't remember if I watched the whole thing, but it was good. It was basically saying what ruined the Terminator franchise was that Arnold became famous because then it always had to be about him. Mm. When really, to your point, the story is about Sarah Connor. Even though the fact that they're going back to save John Connor and that kind of shit, he's still just kind of there. It's really yeah. Sarah Connor. She's she's the, she's the center the of all of this, seat, man. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Although, incidentally, I would I think Robert Patrick, while I do love him as T one thousand, he he should have played adult John Connor because they kind of look the same now in real life. <laughs> they do, don't <laughs> yeah. they? He totally could have just been adult John Connor. Yeah, that's a trip. And then you're free to have Tom Cruise's T-1000. <laughs> he likes to run. <laughs> man, the man does like to run. The it's man his, can it's, run. It's his Brad Pitt eating. And interesting thing about the era as well, it's an interesting choice that they didn't have Stallone as T-1000. That would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is it a budget? A historic rivalry. Budget thing? Yeah. He wouldn't, probably, he wouldn't have taken it anyway, would he? I think James Cameron has more dignity than to... You know, just do mm. fan service like that, perhaps, yeah. maybe, perhaps. Something I didn't notice as a kid, though, uh, Greggy, was the uh, Arnold doesn't kill anyone. And it's because John says, yeah. don't kill anyone. I never really you noticed that. that. I, remember, I remember him saying that, but I never noticed that he then doesn't kill anyone. Oh, I remember thinking casualties meant, because I didn't know what casualties meant. Oh, yeah, do you yeah. remember when it comes up zero, when he gets out old faithful, no, yeah. old painless? Yeah. It's the same gun, by the way. Is it? It's the same gun. From the helicopter. From... From Predator. From Predator, It's yeah. the same prop. It's not meant to be for hands. It's, it's a helicopter-mounted <laughs> Gatling gun or whatever they're Is called. it the same one? I was it's the exact same one, yeah, yeah. Wow. But he, um, I remember that scene when I was a kid and he, you know, blasts everyone down there and then it says casualty zero. And I was like, but he wasn't meant to kill anyone. I thought it meant survivors. I didn't, oh. know, I didn't know what casualties meant when I was eight. Interesting. Ten, yeah, well, I didn't notice. I didn't notice that he wasn't killing anyone when he was doing yeah, it was all that all shit. all the legs. Yeah, yeah. It's still very painful. And look, potentially. <laughs> Isn't that, that still pro- a casualty if someone gets injured? Well, not by Terminator standards. Uh, okay. Yeah, I've checked the programming. Oh, uh, okay. But the, what about. He doesn't kill them. He just horribly. Like shooting someone in the kneecap. I know, you know, it's better than. They're all death, on canes now. Yeah. None of them are walking. Yeah. Like they amputated. There's like a whole community now of families affected by. Terminator. But the good thing is because they got it in the line of service, you get better prosthetics. Like you get the oh, <gasps> prequel to Robocop. Definitely. And I think that's probably also an Arnold thing of like his brand. Mm. It's a bit like how Will Smith never wants to play the bad guy. It's like that thing they yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. It's all part of it, baby. Yeah. Which again. There's a formula. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you and I, we're craftsmen, you see. We'd play the bad guy. I'd play. No, I think it's good in this movie, but mo- Further down the franchise, I think, uh, you know, well, A, like we were saying, Sarah Connor should probably be the main character, but B, maybe have him be a bad Terminator again because Jello? that should just be the one-off situation where there was a good one. Um, visually, Greg. <laughs> so we're doing Batman next week, which we've already <laughs> recorded. <Whoa. laughs> 
It was only two years earlier. Yeah. And they're two looks. So this movie doesn't look old. It I'm doesn't sure look old. It's probably a remaster or whatever, but still, it doesn't look old. Like, the, yeah, the special effects. And it overall look as well. I mean, special effects as well, for sure, but even just like, you just, know, movies, some movies we do, just you're like, oh, this looks older than yeah, I thought. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Hey, um, do you know, <laughs> on the special effects, just quickly. Yeah. Well, I, um, oh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> I was looking at the cast and I noticed that it's got twins in it. Yeah. The Sarah Connor sister. No, the oh. sorry, the 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 cop or the security guard at the institution. Oh. The the sort of pudgy redhead with the mustache. Oh uh, that T one thousand turns into him. Oh yeah. At the candy machine, yeah, at yeah. the coffee machine. Oh, and that's why they've got twins. It's so twins. It's, yeah. I thought they're like, whoa, they made them well, look they, at each other because he looks at himself. Well, they did that with Linda Hamilton too. Yeah. She, so she's got a twin sister. One of them is a deleted scene where they take the, they do the chip thing where yeah. they do a fake mirror thing but it's actually just two of them. Mm. And um, the other one is when there's a fake Sarah Connor at the end. It's her twin sister when the T-1000 pretends to be her. Why not? It's fucking handy, man. If, you have, if you're an actor and you're a twin – that's a fucking bag of tricks that well, I don't have. Especially if you're a baby because Especially in the nineties. Yeah, because yeah. it's hard to be Child always on laws. when you're a baby. What's mm. the law? They the can't law. work as many as the law. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that cameo, Sly. <laughs> this is an Arnie episode. He's Thanks for popping in. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. Um, uh, but the visual effects too, man. Man. Yeah. yeah. The liquid metal, and they had to do this shit. I know that I said that they had a lot of groundwork done from doing the abyss, but it was still fucking hard to do. So they had to like the scenes where they were doing liquid metal. They had to shoot those sets and those scenes as if uh, yeah. special effects was happening weeks before they shot the actual movie. Ugh. Yeah, because it would take so long to make it. So like any scene where there's liquid metal action happening, James Cameron had to figure out without figuring out the rest of the movie yet, what would work, what that scene would look like, what the set was and all that shit, do the shot, send it to the special effects guys and then make sure when he's shooting the actual movie that it all fit with what he did weeks ago. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot. It's the kind it's of like shit a, someone could mock up now really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I'm just thinking of the process. Yeah. And there are a lot of practical stuff too. So the Stan, Stan Winston who's done pretty much every movie I think we've covered in terms of practical effects. Right. He, they would bookend it so there would be like a Stan Winston puppety thing. That's the way to the, do it. Then the digital thing and then the Stan Winston thing. You've got to blend them. You've got to blend them. That's how you balance the look. Yeah, because some of it would just be a guy in a shiny suit. Yeah, they but, wrapped him in foil. <laughs> yeah. But it, I think it was something that looked kind of tacky but when you see it just for half a second it's okay. They, they know how to make it just work okay. Yeah. But the thing they use with the liquid metal, it's this technology they call morphing, mm-hmm. which just goes this shape to this shape and the computer does the in-between thing. Okay. But if you think about a lot of movies that follow, there are a lot of movies that use that kind of thing just poorly. Yeah. Like there weren't as many it? steps involved. I was trying to think of the only yeah. one I could remember was, it's not the best example, but uh, from Dust Till Dawn, sometimes when they turn into vampires, they just kind of yeah, go. Yeah, that's, ex- that's a good example. I think it's like there's less... Um, data points of transformation. So they just go literally from one thing to a completely different shape yeah. in one. Yeah. Like Alex Mack and those TV shows and stuff. And so it was, <laughs> it was used so tastefully here, but then once that technology was, Alex Mack was the best. Uh, <laughs> once that was. technology was made, it just got abused all over Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, Much- I saw Alex Mack once. The same day I saw Kanye West. Really? I was working and I went to a, a Larissa meeting. Larissa Olniak. Yeah, I went to. Uh, I was all about her. I went to a meeting at Johnson and Johnson headquarters in New York City, and who should be waiting at the bottom of the elevator with me? But Mr. Kanye West. Uh huh. And I was like, Oh my god, I'm about to get in the elevator with Kanye West. Got in the elevator? It turned out to be Kanye West. (laughs) That's that's exactly how Jamie Foxx would tell the story. And I got in the elevator, and he didn't come in with me, so I must have given off a vibe. Anyway, after that story, I'm walking home. Creepy stalker vibe? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My mouth was wide open. And um, (laughs) anyway, after that, I'm walking home and I see Alex Mack in the same day. What a city. What a city. City of uh, dreams. Wait, what is it? Apples. Concrete jungle 
quench dreams are made from there's nothing you can't do. And it never sleeps. Yeah. And it never sleeps. The windy apple. The windy apple. <laughs> so, yeah, special effects were good. And even you could argue at some points it's slightly outdated, but any, any ageness on it just makes it creepier because it mm. just looks weirder. Yeah, it's tight enough that it's just kind of doing its thing through yeah. history now. Yeah. Like if you made it now, it, it would just be a creative choice. It would just mm. be like, a, oh, that's weird. Isn't that strange how that metal looks? Mm. It's very well done, Greg. It's very well done. Very well done. And to think it was done in 91. It's crazy. Two years after Batman. Mm. Two years after Little Monsters, Greg. Well, I mean, you can kind of, you see the symbiism. Two years after Kickboxer. Symbium is a word. <laughs> I was going to let it slide. <laughs> Please don't. Okay. Take me down. Uh, okay. Sim, sim, what were you trying to say? I'm not clear. Symbiosis? Potentially. Maybe. Symbolism? I was just trying to say that there was a relationship. There is a relationship there. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Uh, I mentioned the director's cut before, Greg. And there were most of it, from what I can tell, the director's cut was just character stuff like oh there's more of this more of that more of this but there's one there's a deleted scene an ending an alternate ending yes, in the director's cut i've so i've heard yeah have you put a bit of color on it for us will you well the, it raises many questions for me greg because in the terminator one episode i was very confident on how time yep. travel works in this franchise mm, yeah this throws it all into question yeah I'll play the clip. This is from the director's cut. So this is the director's vision of the film. This is the ending where Sarah Connor is, is, is talking us through exactly what happened after the events we see in this particular picture. August 29th, 1997 came and went. Nothing much happened. Michael Jackson turned 40. <laughs> there was no judgment day. People went to work as they always do. Nice park. Laughed, is, complained, watched TV, made love. I wanted to run through the street yelling to grab them all and say, every day from this day on is a gift. Use it well. Instead, I got drunk. That was 30 years ago. But the dark future, which never came, still exists for me. And it always will, like the traces of a dream. I was just recording it too. John fights the war differently than it was foretold. Here, on the battlefield of the Senate, his weapons are common sense and hope. Tiny, Grandma, tiny! <laughs> How's that? Thank you, Grandma. The luxury of hope was given to me by the Terminator. Because if a machine can learn the value of human life, maybe we can too. That does does that quote at the end exist in the actual film? Yeah. So in the yeah. theatrical version, that quote is played over like the road. Just yeah. This vision of the road. Uh, I would say job well done, leaving that out. Yeah, because it undermines the whole everything mm. because it suggests that they did it. They changed the future, but everything else about Terminator 1 and a lot of what's in Terminator 2 suggests that you can't change the future, which also is like wouldn't they know? I'll explain why in a second. <laughs> but wouldn't they know that it's a fool's errand? You can't change it. It's a good expression. Fool's errand, Greg. <laughs> and I don't... I'll do my best to try and explain this, but I was very confident that I, under, that I was like on board with Terminator 2 time travel logic and I'm like, I completely understand this. But I got to the end of that movie and I was like, huh. do they think they won? And then I see that deleted scene or the director's cut ending and I'm like, they do think they won. They did win. Well, apparently. But and, and, and throughout the movie she's also saying no fate, you know, nothing is set, whatever. But Kyle Reese is John Connor's dad. Yes. Kyle Reese is from the future. <laughs> so him being John Connor's dad is just proof that he has to go back. He has to go it back. Happens. And he goes back um it fulfills the past rather than changing it. That's the that's the thing that's with the whole Terminator. Thing in number one. It fulfills the past rather than changing it. How does Cyberdyne 
end up creating Skynet because they found the leftover Terminator parts from Terminator 1. So that was always, it fulfilled the past, didn't change it. It fulfilled the past, (laughs) didn't change it. So therefore everything they're doing in this movie should still just fulfill, fulfill, fulfill. You can't change it. And I think the original Terminator 3 ends that way that it still that it was inevitable. I can't remember, but I, I think it and that's not even a James Cameron one, so that's out of his hands and that's not like, you know, James Cameron canon at that point. And Dark yeah. Fate doesn't make sense with that either. Fool's errand. <laughs> why why <laughs> doesn't make they, any sense? Why are they running these fool's errands? <laughs> Everything established in the first one, even just from a logic point of view, as Sarah Connor, you should know that you can't. The oh. fact that you had sex with a guy from the future to have your son should show that you can't change it. Mm. It fulfills rather than changes it. <sighs> but am I wrong? Because I'm like, people don't seem to have a problem with it. So I don't really know where. Am I just getting something wrong here? I don't understand it. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, right? I'm just like, whatever, man. <laughs> hey, good movie, though. Great movie. <laughs> Love this movie. With the, with the, the, the cars and the crashes. And yeah. Good explosions. The running. Hey, listen, um, another technical point. Yeah. The guy did, was a good runner. Robert Patrick. <laughs> yeah, he's, oh, they call him the Tom Cruise of the 1991. I heard he studied um, Tom Cruise's <laughs> back catalogue. Yeah, yeah, he did. I'm, Tom Cruise, I'm such a fan of your running. And then he, he's watched some Steven Seagal ones for what not to do. Imagine Steven Seagal's team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a lot of metal. Uh, although I tell you, Greg, there's a couple of things that I could do without in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yep. Not problems. These aren't deal breakers by any means. Uh, the VO, Sarah Connor's VO in the beginning and then somewhere in the middle. Although now having just watched that deleted scene, which you wouldn't have seen through the through the speaker in your ear, but she was speaking into a recording thing. <laughs> so maybe the point is that if that was the ending that everything you're hearing in voiceover was... Her with a little, little yeah. uh, talky thing. But I feel like it doesn't really add anything. And The scene in Mexico where it's showing Arnold bonding with little John Connor and stuff and she's watching him, that's enough. She's watching him but then it explains what she's thinking. As I watched him I thought, you know. Yeah, okay. You don't need that. Yeah. It's there. It's already there. Yeah. Let us connect the dots. It always feels a bit more Emotional when you have to. Well, connect yeah, but you're talking to an audience who doesn't even recognise the the difference and contradictions in time travel theory. <laughs> so, you know, it's a fool's errand. There's um, fool's errands everywhere. I think Arnold being funny, there might just be one too many funny bits for me. Yeah, he could just. Uh, these are small things. I'm nitpicking here, Greg. He's come in. He's evolved his style. Yeah. Since obviously the one, he's obviously a bigger swinging dick. Yeah. Oh, I get why, but I, as a piece of art. Mm, you'd rather him not being too hilarious? Yeah. And um, the one that I really, really don't like is this bullshit thing the movies do where people leave keys above the sun visor in a car. Mm. Who does that? Have you ever done that? Never. Never. I've never done that. I've left them on the wheel a few times. <laughs> I may have done that. Yeah, it's the Aussie wheel. <laughs> it's the American wheel. But that's no, but they do that in a Beverly Hills Cop or something, right? There's something with the, with the yeah, that's what I mean. Like we do the tire, they do the thing. No, no, the wheel. Oh, the wheel was yeah, in America. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't remember what oh, it was. Sorry. It was Beverly Hills Cop or something? Oh, well, that's ours. How dare? Yeah, <laughs> fuck off. Put it up the thing. This happens twice in this movie, though. It happens twice in this movie. It's it's the nineties. <laughs> Everyone's just leaving keys up there willy nilly. It's bullshit. Why don't you know what they should have done? They should have had all their CDs up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they should have had Wild FM hits. Yeah. They no, they should have done the old cut the wires and put yeah. rub them together. That's how you steal a car. He's a robot. He can figure it out. Yeah, he could just stick his finger in there. Yeah. Go go gadget ignition. Yes. And whatnot. But the keys. <laughs> okay, while well, we're sharing gripes, i got a couple yeah. of gripes. Is it that Miles Dyson was too sweaty? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's so unsettling, isn't it? he breathe like that? <laughs> He's dying, I guess. Yeah, but. I guess. I haven't died. From <laughs> but as a kid, that really fucked me. And I always, and I watched that scene so carefully because I never really understood how he detonates the thing. And was he always planning, because he did something to the, de- it would look different. And was it intentional that yeah. the, the cops shot Miles straight away but, Told Arnie to put down his gun about six times. <laughs> oh no! I didn't notice that. I've only noticed it because of the year we've had. But well, rightly well, so. It you, sounds. I mean, well, yeah, I hear you. It was. Um, That's fucked it was up. Something I noticed. Yeah, shit. Look, my main gripes are with 
T1000. T1000, I've got to say, he really shits the bed on this one. Has he? Like, just, okay, he's come back from the future. It's a good-looking boy. Can I keep this picture? <laughs> <laughs> um, I write that line down. I'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, no. Sure, we've got others. Do you want more? i got more pictures for you. Um, 50 bucks a picture. <laughs> so he comes back from the future. He's liquid metal. Yeah. He can turn into any person. What One, why does he stay as the same cop that, that they recognise? Yeah. Why doesn't he just change into a stranger and walk up and stab them? Yeah. Why doesn't he just stab them all? Why doesn't he chop up Arnie? Why is he fighting with yeah, Arnie? Yeah, his power is to blend in really and he's not using it. He's not he using it. He could just it. be any guy. He just likes this cop look so he runs with it. It's a good look. It's a strong look. Yeah. Um, why doesn't he just chop up Arnie? Arnie's, he could be a... He could be any type of knife. He could be the world's sharpest knife and chop through the metal. That's true. And just chop him up. Yeah, it's true. Why at the end is he saying to call John? Yeah. He can do the voice. You he, can do the voice. That was weird. I was like, am I missing something here? Is there some he's way? He's missing something. He's, he's, also, uh, I was thinking, Greg, that does make more sense if in the director's cut there's this thing of him malfunctioning. Yeah. So maybe he couldn't Forgot do it his anymore. powers? Yeah. 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 Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Or just his voice box stopped working or whatever. But, yeah, uh, you're right. That's a very good point. I didn't consider. He's, what, did I have any others here? Why would John send back the Terminator that tried to kill his mother? <laughs> is that a, is he a, like a, you know, a dark black comedy <laughs> genius? Like he knows that at some point he's going to intersect with his mother, surely, yeah. if he's going back. Why send the one that tried to kill her and terrorised her and made a loopy? Is there just – how many are there? Oh, I'm assuming there's multiple. Yeah. There's those wars with all the skeletons. He's got a, well, I thought they are all Arnie's though, aren't they? I think. I don't know. They all look like Arnie? I don't know. Yeah, that's the model I think. Ah. But even so, wouldn't you get the – there's surely other models. Uh, surely. Isn't there one that looks like Franco There's Columbo? all sorts of flying yeah. – it's got to be a Franco. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is because he's in Terminator 1 but he might be a human. But he's so big he can't be a human. It's, it's strange. It's like, come on, mate, just send back someone different. Send back to uh, him. Send him back with a moustache or something. By that time, Arnold tried to go undercover at Gold's Gym. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no good. one would buy that, right? <laughs> no, no he's, everyone knows his physique. He looked like an, an Austrian Danny Trejo. Uh, and, and how did Sarah Connor? So, in one, she's a, she's a waitress mm-hmm. um, and a quite a shy, timid sort of person. Yeah. And then. She gets chased down, manages to survive the attack from the Terminator, which happens over the course of, what, 24 hours or something? Yeah. I don't know what, scene missing, scene missing, she's in a institution oh, and well, she's a badass. Yeah, yeah. What I happens? think there's lots that happen in between. Okay. And I, I think, I don't know, there's the Sarah Connor Chronicles. I'm not sure if that fills in the gaps, but there's, um, they touch on it that I never noticed before. She tried to blow up Cyberdyne. Oh, that's right. That's right. In yeah. her backstory. So I think she's been doing lots of shit. Yeah, it's okay. been seven years. Yeah, okay. And she's, oh, fair enough. she's got those mates in Mexico. So yeah. she's been doing stuff. Yeah. So that one actually That's finally cool. made that sense checks to me. Out. But, and it's also just a great character thing that she's gone from that in the first two movies. And again, to what you're saying before, she's kind of the main, she's the, she's the, the center of the whole thing in this. It would have been great to have a Terminator 3 that's like. Yeah. Her next chapter. She's the Tony Stark of this universe, you know. Let her, yeah, it's her. It's her show. The finale should be her, you know, clicking her fingers or whatever. Yeah, that's it's her jam. Hey, I got a question for you. Yes. Um, smelter showdowns. Yeah, they're good. Where does this rank in a smelter showdown for well, this you? This is what other ones are there? Because I know there's a lot, but in it, they're everywhere and nowhere. I can't think yeah. of them. Yeah, it's really hoping is you have showdown them. in Little Tokyo one, or is that just a more of a warehouse? That's thing? a beer. That's yeah. a beer factory. Beer factory. Um, <laughs> smelter specifically. Who's had a smelter? We watched one recently. Oh, gone, gone in 60, 60 seconds. seconds. That yeah. was a smelter type environment. That wasn't bad. This oh, is definitely better. Uh, that's a Van Damme one. The one is Double in prison. No. Uh, oh, that's similar. Close. It's pretty bloody close Death to Death warrant, I think. Death warrant? Because the guy goes in the fire. But it's in a prison. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe it was a, a smelter hus- side hustle in the prison. You know, they, <laughs> they exist, I think. <laughs> Yeah, it was a hell of a smelter showdown. It really was. Was this the first one? Oh, look, if it wasn't, it was the best one. This is a question for you, Greg. Is this the greatest action movie of all time? Yes. I think it is by any measure because box office-wise, sure. The the most iconic action star, like it's yep. Arnold. If you, the, the archetype of 
90s action star. That's him. His biggest movie. Yep. I guess it just is, right? Gunners. The Gunners are in it. I keep telling you about this. The action, the action per minute, the APM is hard to rival. Yeah. It's got and a bit of fun. It's yeah. got depth of character. Yeah. And, you know, we love, we love Jean-Claude Van Damme, but all of his movies are B-movies compared to this. But then even thinking about things like Die Hard compared to this, this is just such a whole different league, yeah. isn't it? And they don't make them like this anymore either. So this is just, it's just a unique point in time. All the special effects and that kind of shit. It's like, the biggest. Have you ever watched anything net recently where you're like visually seeing this is something special? I'm seeing something special the way you saw liquid metal. I feel like there's not mm. really, I can't remember the last time. And if anything, it's the opposite. It's when someone, you know, it's real. Like when Tom Cruise does something crazy. It's like, yeah. It, there's don't you don't have, I know part of it's nostalgia for sure, but there's definitely like this, I'm not surprised by anything I see on screen these mm. days. It's more of an interesting take on something. Yeah, like, yeah. Like Gabriel Inarritu or whatever his name is. Yeah, doing yeah, his yeah. long takes or. See, that could be something, yeah. Where, again, where you, something where you know it's real versus mm, it's almost yeah. like the inverse of this. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. how do they do this fake thing? And now it's like, how do they do this real thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, that's probably the closest actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like um, Birdman even. Yeah, same, same guy, right? Yeah. Birdman, those long takes, because I can't really remember the other one that much. Um, he fights the, the Revenant? Bear. Yeah, the Revenant. I, I was watching a bit of it last night actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't remember much of it. But Birdman, I remember just thinking like how they, there's a mm. single take. <laughs> how yeah. the fuck are they doing this? I know there's like fake continuous things in there, but there are at least 20-minute takes. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Wild. So if you're the guy at the end of the take waiting <sighs> down the hall, fuck. Yeah, don't fuck it up, people. <laughs> don't, I would fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be the second last guy that kept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought T1, I thought Robert Patrick was awesome in this. Yeah. Yeah, he's cool. I'd never thought so as a kid. Yeah, he really shone through in this, like, in this oh, one. As a kid. It's oh. like he played it so um, just mild and yeah. flat and robotic. And actually they, I say. they were shooting this. While the Rodney King riots were happening. Yeah, it was outside the bar. Yeah, yeah. And so there's this other layer. You pointed out the other point before with the cops shooting the black guy and asking the white guy to put his gun down, that the cop being the bad guy is like quite a mm, interesting. interesting take for the time and for current times perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I never considered that before. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, what about her rig? I remember it was a big thing at the time, but I didn't yeah. really quite notice it. And then I noticed it a bit more as an adult. She's pretty skinny. She's pretty lean. Yeah, she trained for thirteen weeks. Yeah, which isn't that long, really. Is but it <laughs> thirteen weeks? Is is a while? It's a while. Three months. Yeah. Four months. Three months. Because she was obviously going super hard. Yeah, three hours a day, six days a week. She lost twelve pounds. Obviously, put on muscle too, and then. I like that her final form is dressing like Janet Jackson as well. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was familiar. Yeah. I was like, she's really gone all out here. <laughs> yeah, it was something. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> I, was yeah, looking, she, her, I was looking for the little headpiece <laughs> mic. <laughs> but it was good. It made me think as well, like, you know, all these Marvel transformations, I keep saying Kumail, but all of them. Why aren't there female ones? I want to see a female superhero movie where she's fucking jacked. Not just fit, not just like model, Instagram model fit. Fucking jacked. Fucking jacked, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Why not? They're doing She-Hulk or something and I think even She-Hulk is like just a slightly larger woman. Like it's not like. like, a slight trap. Yeah, it's not even. She's just green. She's still hot. Mm. (laughs) Like it's not like the Hulk where. She's just got a. Bigger ass and bigger tits. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so it sounds stick. about right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. Pixar's making it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the waist gets a bit smaller, actually. Yeah, yeah, they love it. Um, so, what one little thing I never noticed until actually I was listening to the Blank Check podcast with oh, yep. Griffin and Dave. Griffin, Griffin, Dave. They covered this movie a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, yeah, a few years ago, and they pointed out that Edward Furlong had to re-record all of his dialogue in post 
because his voice changed. And the movie, the shoot took so long that his voice was different. Through puberty. Yeah. Wow. And so he had to redo it all. Which and His I, voice is weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's like some, sometimes it almost feels like it's bad acting or something, but yeah. it's just slightly off. Yeah. There must be. A, he's not an actor. Like he's this is his that's, first performance. That's what I put it down to. But that's interesting. And then he has to do it all again? Yeah. That's so hard, In man. In a studio. That's so hard. That's yeah. so hard. When I make he's YouTube. He's done bloody well, really. Yeah. When I make YouTube videos and I try and like sound as casual as possible and then I record it and listen back, it does, I try to sound like I'm talking to you and yeah. it's not the same thing. So imagine like it's a, he, what's he, he's not talking to a human. He's yeah. just trying to say the same thing as he said it as well, like not even the room to like. Yeah. Riff a little bit it's or something. Tough. That's tough. So considering that too. Well, good on you. Good on you. And boy, hasn't he uh, been kicking goals ever since. <laughs> <laughs> he's been kicking something. We'll talk about him more in American History X, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's had a pretty rad run. He's, he's had some ups and downs. Um, had a pretty hard upbringing, I think. Did he? It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't uh, particularly stable, I understand. Well, his mum was nearly killed by a Terminator. Yeah, she's like in a mental institute. She's been telling you the world's going to end. Foster home to foster home. Todd's a real jerk. Todd, Todd yeah, <laughs> they nailed that. Yeah. Hey, Woofy. Oh know, yeah. I thought that. Was, I remember thinking in that my, was very clever. Was a, well, yeah, but I thought it was a stupid dog name. Like, why would you call your dog Woofy? I thought you were going to say astute. I thought he, I thought he meant Woof as in Woof Woof. Oh. It's Woof as in Wolf, Beowulf, and it was actually James Cameron's dog was called. Beowulf, and oh, they called him Woofy for short. I thought it was Woofy too. Yeah, no, that it's, it's like Woofy from Beowulf. No. I f- yeah, that makes sense. That makes more sense because Woofy's I would have thought the same thing. Like that sounds like you're lying because that's not a real a dog's stupid name. stupid dog. Yeah. yeah, I was angry about it at the time. It was the biggest gap in this <laughs> whole film for me was the Woofy thing. <laughs> it's true. I'm on board with that because I, yeah, terrible name, terrible name. More conventional name like Seymour would have been acceptable. Mm-hmm. Spot. Spot. Rex. I had a dog named Spot. Good. And it was a collie. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> it, wasn't, it had no spots. Yeah. <laughs> Patch? <laughs> I don't know why I called it Spot, but we did. Anyway, should we get into the verdict? Let's get into the verdict. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Good movie, this one. Ah, big what, movie. What else could you say? It is. It's ahead of its time. It's. Behind it's it's all time. Mm, yeah, that's <laughs> that's exactly what I had <laughs> by definition. But I didn't have that good lead up. <laughs> I was I was very confused there for a second. But you nailed it. It is all time. It's all time. It looks like it was made yesterday. It all holds up. It's like in terms of the shit we look for in this podcast, it holds up in every sense of the world. Even we haven't even talked about it. It doesn't pass Bechdel test, but it's a strong female lead at yeah. least. The character arc from movie one to movie two, and it's just fucking good, man. She's one of the best. Sarah Connor is one of the most badass chicks in cinema, right? The best. I mean, there is. Uh, if you go back and listen to the Terminator One, Terminator One episode, folks, we do dive into that a little bit because Mr. James Cameron is very self-congratulatory about that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But then, if you read the original script for Terminator, the way he describes her is just very. Yeah, that's right. The Jane test, they call it, because apparently it's this thing in Hollywood where they always describe the women in these things as she was really cute, could be hot if she put in a little effort. Like all these <laughs> yeah, yeah, horrible yeah. things yeah, yeah. and his was just as bad about it. But anyway, go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. Um, I also talk about in that episode my repitch for uh, what the ideal third movie would have been. So go back and listen to that if you haven't already because mm-hmm. I think it still tracks with everything we've said today. Oh, yeah. Good movie though. I give it four and a half stars. No, yeah. what? you know what? I'm giving it five stars. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was going to give it five. Oh, fuck it, I'll give it five. Yeah, give five stars. It's a five-star film. It's big. It's huge. It is. It's special. Five five fucking stars. It's it's an enjoyable rewatch. Out of five. Yeah. Fucking enjoyable rewatch. It's – this is, you know, Back to the Future, this um, Total Recall. There's been a handful of these just iconic movies that have held up to be pretty bloody perfect. Yeah, Arnie should be very proud. Yeah, man. Well, they all should be. They all should be, but Arnie especially because, man, it's 
you got a JC Vitti out there who, yeah, he's not an Oscar-winning actor, but neither is this guy. I, I do wish that JC Vitti just somehow fell into the hands of a director that loved him and would just put him in awesome shit. It's, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. It could still happen. That and that JC Vitti movie is supposed to be good. I haven't seen that still. Yeah. yeah. He's making the movie with the tower. Yeah, apparently. So directors, if you're listening, yeah. JC's got an idea. He wants to bounce off you. Make it happen. It's going to be big though. It's a big movie. It's not a – sorry if you're still learning your craft as a director. This is like big boy shit. So um, talking to you, Isn't Steve. A, yeah, this is not a Sheldon Letich project. Talking to you, Jim. Yeah, Steve or Jim. Steve or Jim. Or Tim Burton. Yeah. Put some wacky makeup on him. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if he was Willy Wonka. Yeah. He's pretty kooky. He is. <laughs> anyway. He is these days. What else um, we got? Simpsons. Cultural relevancy tested Simpsons do yes. it. Yes. When when Homer chases Flanders when he gets oh. it, when he becomes best friends <laughs> With he's the got golf the golf clubs. clubs. Yeah. Daddy, he's gaining on us. Daddy? Daddy! He's gaining on us. I'm scared. <laughs> Come on, Ned, move this thing. I can't. It's a Geo. He didn't see me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love, uh, it. love it. Bechdel test, not technically, but man, you've got to give it a pass. Oh, it's, it's a big pass. Compared to everything else. We've bent the rules because we're men. <laughs> yeah, we, we decide. <laughs> <laughs> We've changed the test. Oh, dear. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Porn parody, probably. I didn't look it up. I did look it up. And? No. Oh. There didn't seem to be any. Ah, I checked a lot of sites. Well, there's a gap in the market there, all of there our porn creator listeners. Um, FX test, fucking nay, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bonus points for explosions and all that kind of shit. Recast yeah. is, I don't really have any because, again, it's the kind of thing that keeps getting remade. No, I didn't. No. If they were going to do a hard reboot, I wouldn't mind seeing like a more low-key Terminator type, like a Hans Lenriksen type. But I don't really have a... Uh, <laughs> real strong opinion either way. Yeah. Uh, what are we doing next week? We're doing hey, We're doing Batman next oh, week. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Na 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 na. Batman. That's how it goes. No, 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 no. You know, a lot of rock stars have done covers of that song. Yeah. The Who and others. Good for them. Good for them. All right. Well, uh, May Madness continues next madness, week. Madness, madness, madness. Madness, madness. Continues. We've got competitions coming. Competitions coming. Check them out. Check them out. They'll be on the Instagram yeah. soon. I'll put it get up on the there. Gram. Get on the gram. Get on the gram. So if you're not following us already, get on there because a uh, little hot tip, that's going to be the entry mechanic for your free merch or your choice to select a movie for us to review. So yeah. the stakes are high, guys. Stakes get involved. Find us on Instagram at Double Impact Podcast. And uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, yeah. Take care of yourselves and each other. <laughs>